The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you. Today, um, by the grace of God, we are concluding our series, Thus Says the Lord. And um, I've heard a lot of testimonies, amazing testimonies of, of people during this, this series, and, and, and we are totally grateful to God. Um, however, as we land the, the plane, as it were, today, we trust that God will um, even take us further in Jesus' name and higher in the mighty name of Jesus. In part one of the series, we, we explained that Jesus, talking about the parable of the sower, went about scattering seed. It says the sower went about scattering seed. So Jesus, the sower, scattering seed, the seed is the word of God. And, and we explained that the sower was scattering seed, was, was broadcasting seed as it were. So God is broadcasting his word. And we came in from the perspective of God broadcasting his word. And in part one, we learned how to tune in to God, how to tune into God's frequency. And we, we explained tuning in. In part two, we explained the fact that God has different channels through which he communicates to us. And we, 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 we unpacked like seven of those channels. And we said God usually will use different channels depending on how he chooses, because it's God, you know, to communicate, I mean, to us. And we, last week, we said that a particular channel that God uses to communicate to us, known as the expression of the Holy Spirit, is a channel that requires fine-tuning. And we learned how to fine-tune, how to tune finely into the voice of the Holy Spirit. And today, by God's grace, we will be looking at recognizing God's voice. Now, okay, you can tune, you can fine tune. You are hearing something. I mean, you are picking up signals. How do I recognize God's voice? Because there are voices everywhere. In fact, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, 10, that there are voices in the universe and none of them without significance. There are voices everywhere. Where we are sitting right now in this auditorium is filled with voices. And if we tune our radio as we have been doing and we um, put it to a particular band of frequency and, and yeah, we Maybe I shouldn't preach anymore. <laughs> we should just listen to this teaching. And we could go on and on and, 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 get, and get different channels. Now, the point is this. These voices are not recorded in this box. The voices are in the atmosphere already. This voice, this box is just equipped to receive the voices. Similarly, you and I, as children of God, if you are, you have the Spirit of God and you have the equipment to tune into God. God is alive and well. If God is alive and well and God created man and man can communicate clearly, God can communicate clearer. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, if I set up a dish in this place and, and connect the TV, we can actually get CNN and Video. We can get video in HD. If, if man can communicate in HD video, God can communicate in 10K video. <laughs> Not even 4K. Clarity. I mean, look, so why we are using this illustration is, is, to, 
is for you to understand that God, the God of heaven, the maker of the heavens and the earth, really wants to talk to you. And if you've missed any part of this series, I want to encourage you, get it. It's free. You can download it for free and listen. And you will see how your life will be transformed because where your, your peers are struggling, you can tune in and you can understand what God is saying and you can make your decision. And everybody is still confused and you are gaining grounds. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. There are, when it comes to hearing, there are different sources of, 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 of stations that broadcast. Of course, we know that God broadcasts like we have, we have um, heard over the, past of this, over the past few weeks. In Job 33 verse 14, God says in Job 33 14 that for God speaks again and again. Another translation says for God speaks in different ways. Though people do not recognize it. Today you will recognize God in Jesus' name. That's the first source. Another source, of course, is yourself, myself. We can actually broadcast stuff to ourselves. We can talk to ourselves. Unfortunately, people talk to themselves and say God has spoken to them. No, you are talking to yourself. I talk to myself. I say, Femi, why did you do that? You can't talk to yourself. But don't talk to yourself and say God has spoken to you. Why? Because your ways are not his ways. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, Proverbs 14, 12, the word of God says that there is a path before each person that seems right, but the end is death. If we are left to ourselves, we will take the path that seems right, that seems logical, that makes sense. But God says, everybody here has such paths, and the destination is death. May you not take that path in Jesus' name. Say amen, come on. May you take the time and the patience to listen to God. And of course, the third source is, is the devil. The devil also broadcasts. He, he tries to jam our frequencies and tries to disguise himself. In, in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, the word of God says, but I am not surprised. This is Paul speaking. He says, I'm not surprised because even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And I, and, and I said yesterday at the first worship experience that if the devil came to us with aunts, the black guy, uh, nobody will fall into temptation. If the devil comes to you with, with aunts and say, do this, do that, or steal this money, or sleep with that person, and you have big aunts, who will fall? Nobody, because, you know, pff, human beings are smart. So the devil comes, disguised in subtlety, it's okay, it makes sense. He disguises as the angel of light. And God says in 1 John 4, 1, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. Just because someone says it is a message from God. God says you have a responsibility to what? Test it first to see if it really is. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to test to see if it really is. So, so somebody cannot tell me. I've heard people say, you know, I was speaking to someone and say, so someone said that and I said that that is rubbish. That is not good. And People have actually said to me, oh, pastor, no, 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 don't say that. He's the man of God. Don't say that. I'm like, what are you saying? I'm not saying he's not a man of God. He's a man of God. That's, that's, that's business with God. But this thing he has said is total rubbish. I said, oh, pastor, no, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want God to, to be offended with us. So no, 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 you don't understand. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to test And today, we are going to learn how to test and be sure that it is God. How to recognize God. Why? Because even the most meaning, well-meaning person can be wrong. The best of, of men is a man. And men are not flawless. No, men are not flawless. So it is our responsibility to test. To test. Peter, 
said to Jesus, Jesus asked a question. Jesus said to who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal them that to you. In other words, this broadcast didn't come from yourself. This broadcast didn't come from, from, from the devil. My father in heaven broadcasted this to you and you received it. This is from my father in heaven. A few minutes after that. The same conversation. Just a few minutes after that, Jesus was talking about how he will die. Peter must have felt spiritual from the last experience. I mean, Jesus just confirmed that I'm hearing from God. I mean, come on, I'm the most spiritual guy here. And Peter said to Jesus, no, you're not going to die. And Jesus discerned the first one to be God. He discerned the second one to be Satan. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say, stop talking like that, Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, because you do not serve the things of God. The same person, the same vessel, good intentions. You see, good intentions don't authenticate a prophecy. The fact that you have good intention doesn't mean it's God. Or the fact that somebody has good intention or somebody has been accurate before doesn't mean. You see, which is why we, it's a very humbling thing because as human beings, you can make mistakes. So it, it, when you see people that are arrogant and they are representing God, I'm baffled because I'm like, it doesn't make sense because you can just very quickly be in error. So it humbles us to sit with God and to seek his face every time. Because we are depending on him. Totally humbling. So today, we are going to learn six plus one ways of testing a message and recognizing God's voice. Six plus one ways. Pastor, why don't you just say seven ways? I mean, come on. Why do you have to make us do the math? <laughs> six plus one ways because the first six ways are um, indispensable. Every word from God must pass the first six. If it fails one out of the six, throw it out or keep it in the cooler. The seven is, 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 is also very crucial, but, you know, it's, it's not... If you have the sixth and the seventh, you are good to go. But the seventh can, as you will see later on. So what is the first way of testing? How do I recognize God's voice? The first question you need to ask is this. Does this agree with the Bible? Does this agree with the Bible? The, the word of God says in Luke chapter 21, verse 33. Luke 1, 30, 21, 33 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never, never pass away. Why? Because God will never invalidate his words. God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, he will never invalidate his words. Thank you. Wait till I talk with you. But see, wait till they talk. I never say what I want to hear them again. Shut up, shut up. I was very clear what I said. I want to hear it. I said, from today they go, me, I don't make up my mind. What we have been waiting for has been waiting for us. Okay. I want to start to do Yahoo. Oh, like Yahoo, you talk. Simple. Yahoo, come. Jimmy, wait. I'm just tell you. I just get something I'm asking. Does it agree with the Bible? Is it scriptural? I mean, to err is human, to forgive is divine. What are we saying? Let me write her. Wait, wait. I'm sorry, Dave. Wait, I know you know Bible. I know you know Bible. For good, they do pastor. But man, I tell you, it's not the right thing for you to do. Wait, See, wait. I'm going through the same thing, but I understand. Said, shut up, shut up. You took, this guy took a form, no, no. Which of you all said? I didn't Pastor said it that, uh, pastor said the, the wealth of darkness, hidden treasures of secret places belong to children of God. Hey. That was not the wealth of darkness. Guys, in that day, as for me, this year, not go pass me by. Uh-uh. 
Wait. Let me give you another good scriptural backing. Uh, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Jacob, Jacob was a supplanter. He no supplanter, so. Have you no change in it? Oh, I'm going change my story. Come. See, that's a cafe here I come. <laughs> I never, come back here. See, I never see. Shut up, shut up. Does it agree with the word of God? If God says that you should wait till marriage to have sex, he's not going to change his mind. In fact, some people say, oh, pastor, the rent, uh, I, we, we just want to cohabit so that we share the rent. Does it agree with the Bible. God wants you to check. In fact, it is so important that whatever decision you want to make, whatever voice you think you are hearing, that you align with the Bible. You know, Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8, and this is so, so, when I read the scripture, it, you know, it, it shows how powerful the word of God is. This is Paul saying, he says that, let God's curse fall on anyone even including himself. He says, including myself. Who preaches any other message? He says, even if an angel comes from heaven, not an angel from hell, an angel comes from heaven and preaches any other message, let him be forever cursed. God will not contradict his word. And the vast majority of God's will is in God's word. If I'm going to estimate maybe 70-80% of God's will for your life is already in the Bible. is in God's word. So the easiest way for God to talk to you is to recall a verse in the Bible in your mind. The first test is what? Does it agree with the Bible? The second test is this. Does my church family confirm this? Do the people I do life with together, do they confirm this? The Christian life is, is, is a family life. The Christian life involves being a part of God's family. Ephesians 3.10, it says God displays his manifold wisdom through the church. God wants us to connect to each other. You see, when you see people that they, they don't want to have anything to do with anybody, they just, you know, pastor, you know, let everybody just hold themselves, you know, I'm bigger than everybody, you know, nobody should just, you know, try to get into my business. Such people usually get into trouble. Why? Because God has never designed us and did not design us to be silos. God designed us for community. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 11 verse 9 that the wisdom of the righteous can save you. Can save you. The correction from your life group leader can change your life. The wisdom of your sister in church can't save you. When you talk to the ministers, the pastors, their wisdom can give you that breakthrough you've been praying for for 20 years. Speaking to mature Christians is so indispensable. I understand the place of, you know, where you shouldn't speak to immature Christians. I, I get that. I mean, if, you know, in fact, if you speak to immature Christians, you, you have a lot, of, a lot of problems. You know, ask Joseph. Joseph went to talk to immature Christians, his brothers, and the brethren. You know, if you read that scripture, it says the brethren threw him in the pit. They were going to kill him. Joseph should have spoken to the mature Christian in the house, which is his father, who would have kept it in his heart. But whichever way God wants you to find a group of people you can be accountable to. You are not designed to do life by yourself. Lone Ranger Christians easily slip into error. They easily slip into error. If, if, think about it. If mature believers, they, if they question what you think you have from God, 
Shouldn't you question it? I'm not saying you should throw it away. But, I mean, step back and take another look at it. Because if you don't, you are putting yourself on the wrong lane. Why? Because we should always, we should always be willing to be corrected. We should always be willing to receive evaluation. We should always be willing to receive evaluation. This is when they come out. Man, man. Bros, yeah, who know be the will? So, now you don't, you go, which, which oh, is it? Yeah, all the money where they spend for cafe. See that cafe, man, it all robots finish. Use my money, they shop in me, they drink yogurt. So, so, what do you mean? Anyway, all hope is not lost. No, as I sit down, I was just, you know, thinking, what again, what should I do this time? Nah, I can't remember. That day we went to church. Okay. Pastor said there are different mediums through which uh, God communicates. Yeah. He can't bring that booking radio. Oh, I remember. God Very bless well. you. God bless you. Nice nice now on my own radio. Seriously. And there goes peak. <laughs> to oh, you, Abby? To who before? To me. I saw a year. Change. 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 Okay. It, wait. But me, it cannot be you. Okay. He never stopped there. As I hear change. Now he said. Be the change. Still you. Finish. Now there I know saying, and me got it. I'm waiting God tell me to say, I should be the next president of this country. <laughs> this year, oh, nothing is impossible. I don't know how it will happen, but I just know that's what God is saying. You president. I know. You president. Mm-hmm. President, go. Cancel on. See, wait, just wait, wait, wait. I get three questions for you. Just three. That's your question. Okay. The first one. Yes. Have you informed your wife? Let me go inform my wife. My wife is the stomach and the head. Now me, they decide what will happen. She go I'll carry her along. Okay, second one. That one be question. Have you informed your house fellowship leader? Baba Tokwe. Mm-hmm. If brother not a pass in it. Now that one go advise me. I mean, I'm go advise. I'm not Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. Ah, they rush, they go. Wait, the third one. Have you informed pastor? Pastor. Eh. Uh, you see? You see, your life? You see? Hey, I will call him. That one is not a big deal. I will give you a number. Look, shut up. I get past your number. I'll put that for speaker. I want here. I know they put. Hello, sir. President. Hello? Hello. Yeah, good afternoon, sir. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? Yes, sir. Hey, sir, I have something to tell you, sir. God spoke to me. Yes, sir. God said I am the next president of the country. <laughs> Which country? <laughs> sir? The, Nigeria, sir. And this year. So I want you to pray with me and support me with all you. So that... Oh, God, see me in the office. Sir? But, see but, me in the office, eh? Okay, sir. Thank you, sir. And your fault, too. It's happened. What's the man saying for office now? All this... Very good! Pastor. No, 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 no. See, look, Pastor talking by himself. He talking. Say, I have Jesus in me, first of all. Okay. And Pastor say, if you put your hand on the floor and you look back, finish. You are not fit. So as I don't catch this vision like this, I they move with her like Okada. <laughs> Any spiritual last man of VIO. Please, please he can't say Pastor. Come on for real. Pastor. Eh? <laughs> pastor. <laughs> You cannot be, if you still want to clap, it's still okay. <laughs> you, you cannot be an island. God has put you on earth and has put people around you. Even Jesus, I mean, when I read this scripture I'm about to share with you, it, it totally impacted me. Even Jesus allowed his message to be tested. In, in John chapter 7, verse 17, John 7, 17, Jesus says that anyone who wants to do God's will can test this teaching of mine and know whether it is from God 
or whether I am just making this up. Jesus himself says, test my teaching. Find out. Check. If you, if, you, if you are connected with God, you will be able to know that I'm teaching accurately. So why do we think we are just all that? If the devil wants to mess you up, the first thing he does is to isolate you. So number one, to test, I must ask, does this agree with the Bible? Number two, does my church family confirm it? Number three, we need to ask, does it concern my responsibility? Is this my business? Does it concern my responsibility? Jesus says in John 21, 22, Jesus says that if I want him to remain alive until I return. What is that with you? You must follow me. This is Peter asking Jesus, I mean, what's going to happen to John? Jesus has already told Peter what's going to happen to Peter and how he's going to die. And when he grows old, he's going to be led by another. And he's now saying, oh, what about this one? What about John? And Jesus is saying, how is that your business? How is that your business? You see, many times people think that, oh, God has spoken to me about you. I'm like, Really? Where was I? Romans chapter 14 verse 4 says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. He will stand and he will stand. For the Lord is able to make him stand. Does it concern my responsibility? A single lady said to a married man, and he said, hmm, I was just praying and worshiping the Lord. And the Holy Ghost revealed to me that your wife has been so rude to you. She's not submissive. How is that your business? Really? The Holy Ghost revealed to you that somebody's wife is... How exactly is that your business? Does it concern my response? That's how you to test. It's not your business. It's not your business. The God told me to tell you syndrome has caused a lot of damages in a lot of faith communities. Oh, God told me to tell you that you are my husband. Really? God told me to tell you that you ought to sell your business. Really? God told me to tell you that you should invest your money with me. Really? I mean, I've, I've, I've had people come to me, some pastors, Oh, God told me to tell you that this church project we are doing, you are supposed to pay for it. God's favorite house should pay for it. I'm like, wow, I must have been sleeping when he said that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Satan will always seek to discredit the Lord when well-meaning Christians interfere in other people's affairs. When well-meaning Christians interfere with other people's affairs, Satan seeks to discredit the Lord. See, I never, see, just, just this summer. Just this summer. You see how you be like Lazarus when Jesus really bring him out of grief. Don't understand. You, what do they talk? See, Matthew, you see that, you know that pastor with the along the street? That pastor with the other church? Pastor Gideon. Gideon. Not that man a nice man, no? You know, in, you know in situation now. You say in church, they... Ministry, not the two move. Man, see. And you remember this last God you did take a word? Yes, I was you know, there. throughout the fasting, I did not miss anyone. Me, I did not miss anyone. So what do you mean? And you also remember that the vigil, I refused to miss one. Yeah, I missed like two, Sha. See? So, I can't tell you. See, towards that time, eh, some guys will come to me, say, brother, say, I pray for them. I tell them, I need them down. I pray for them. And since then, things have been good for them. I, I, I have the same feelings. Say that pastor, I feel still kneel him down, you know, anoint his head, and things will be well. Why be no follow? Your brain wet. Have you drink homo? You have to believe me on this one. You, assistant brother, Sazen. I'm not be that guy, mate. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not be mate. Wait. You want go pray for pastor? Wait. You know the only time when me I know say a person annoy people for Bible, when someone go annoy so God send him. When he annoyed David, God sent him. 
Wait, wait. God sent you, Abina. You want to send God? You have to believe me. Abina, wait till they talk. Abina. Osaze. That man, when you they talk, even those say who they blow, I know it's where you carry the tear polo like Okoga. Let me not get their head. Let me not get annoyed. You ain't busy now, but you pack full head, you can't they talk. Let me. I'm gonna meet you. I go follow people. We go lay hand, cast out the demon, last last. Yeah, I know you don't go believe, but you go, you go, you go agree. Romans 14.10, the word of God says in Romans 14.10 that we will all be judged one day. Now, listen to this beautiful part. Not by each other's standard. So, just cool down. Not by each other's standard. Not even by our own standards. But by the judgment of God. And guess what? The last time I checked, you are not God. Praise the Lord. It is to God alone that we shall give, we shall have to answer for our actions. So if, if, and, and, and if, if what God is saying to you is going to affect other people's decisions, then give them an opportunity to hear God for themselves. If, if, if what God is saying to you is, don't say to someone, God said to me, you are my husband. Look, it is too presumptuous. If, God says to, if what God says to you is going to affect somebody else, why don't you just give them an opportunity to hear God for themselves? For instance, I mean, I shared in the first worship experience how, you know, getting married to my wife, I did not even tell my wife what God told me until we were about to get married. She had already, I, we had already caught in, families, have, I mean, it was just in the talking that I even knew what God said to her. I didn't go to meet her. This is what God said to me. I went to meet her and I toasted her. Like, look. <laughs> Can this happen? You know? Of course, before I did that, I had prayed. I was sure. And God told me, I remember clearly, I've told, shared it before, but I won't, I won't go into all that. But she did, I didn't even tell her. Many people would just abuse the things of God. Oh, God said this. Oh, God said that. Oh, God said, keep short. What is God saying? Keep quiet. Does it concern your, is it your business? Does it concern your responsibilities? Telling others God's will for their lives can easily turn into presumptions and arrogance. Now, so pastor, does God ever speak to us about other people? Yes, he does. He does. So how? So how do I, what are you saying? How, how do I juggle this? God speaks to us about other people under certain conditions. Number one, get this and get this straight. Number one, if you are in authority over them, God will speak to you concerning them. If you are their parents, God talks to fathers about their children. They change the destinies of their children through prophetic trances. If you are their pastor, their spiritual covering, God can talk to you about them. Number two, if we have what I call the moral authority to speak into their lives, we can speak into their lives. These people have, have given us permission. In, in other words, we've built trust. They, they were my pastor. Pastor Esco, blessed memories. When there are times he will call me and, and we will talk. And he, he wants to, what is God saying? What are you thinking? What, is, what do you think God is saying? By God's grace, I have gained his trust. He could trust me that this guy's heart is right. But there are some foolish people like, like that brother. If you don't have the moral authority, keep your mouth shut. But God has spoken to me. It could be the third reason. Sometimes God speaks to us about other people so we can pray for them and intercede for them. And that's what these people don't want to do. You don't want to spend four hours praying for somebody else, but you want to, to say that, oh, I have a word for you. Shut up. Go and pray. 
But God, Pastor God gave me a word for you. Go and pray about it. Hey, God has told you, go and pray about it. But what you don't have a right to speak until you gain access to speak. And that's how God works. There are many people, yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, someone said to me that he felt that the Holy Spirit told him that God has spoken to me about him. Twice. And I, and I replied to him, sent me a text, and I, I smiled and replied to him. And he was correct. But he now said, so, so why didn't you tell me? I said, because I don't have the liberty to tell you. Don't worry, I'm praying for you. There are people I never even tell. There are people in this place, you're looking at me now, there are things I, never, I don't even tell you. I will go and pray and pray and pray through. Why are you so eager? It's arrogance. There's nothing, nothing more to it. It's void of spiritual content. If you have spiritual content, go on your knees and travel. Be there for 12 hours for the person. Then heaven, we know you are serious. But when you talk about it, you gossip about it, something is wrong with you. That's not God. Praise the name of the Lord. And sometimes God talks to us about other people so that they can confirm what he has said to them. And obviously that brings us back to the issue of moral authority. So you must have the moral authority to engage them at that level. Otherwise, keep quiet. It also has to do not just only with other people, even with yourself. There are certain things that, you know, you need to ask yourself, does this concern my responsibility? Let me give you an illustration. Um, Billy Graham, great man of God, you know, he, he was, there was a time years ago, he was so popular in the polity of, of the U.S. that they offered him a cabinet seat. They wanted to make him minister of something. And Billy Graham says, it doesn't concern my responsibility. God has called me to be an evangelist. And he did not take it. Many people we begin to run and give testimony. How God opened doors. How, listen, does it concern your responsibility? Number four, is it convicting or is it condemning? Is it convicting or is it condemning? Conviction is from God. Condemnation is from Satan. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. In Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is not of God. Conviction is of God. So, what's conviction? Conviction exposes wrong. That's conviction. Condemnation, on the other hand, attacks the person. Attacks your value. Attacks your self-worth. Conviction says you have sinned. Condemnation says you are worthless. Conviction says this needs to change. Revelation say, uh, condemnation says you can never change. That's how your father is. That's how your mother is. That's how you are in your family. Just accept your lot in life. It's condemnation. Conviction says this is what you look like. God shows us his word is like a mirror. Conviction shows us what we look like so that we can make adjustments. Condemnation says this is who you are. Huge difference. Conviction is to correct. Condemnation is to criticize. And God convicts us out of love. Revelation 3.19, Amplified Version says, those who ideally and tenderly love I tell their fault and I convict and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Changing your mind and attitude. Condemnation on the other hand is turned out of hatred. Conviction is definite and specific. When God wants to convict us, it's definite and specific. God tells you exactly what is wrong. Condemnation is general and vague. You just feel guilty. You, just, you really just don't know how. Why? Has that happened to anybody else? You want to pray, you just feel filthy. You don't know why. It's not, it's not God, it's the devil. It's condemnation. 
And many times, many of us, we liken that feeling of, of being guilty to spirituality. And we think, oh, I need to feel, I mean, we, we are used to just feeling downtrodden before God. And such people, their motto is guiltiness is next to godliness. I'm here to tell you that guiltiness is not next to godliness. Guiltiness, everybody say guiltiness, is not next to godliness. Come here. Come, come. Why, Bishop? Every time, since I know you, three years now, you don't burn again. On Sunday, you still carry yourself, come out, submit your life. I go preach again, God will do it again, you still carry yourself, come out, submit your life. What if, if I talk to you, you want to abuse me now? I'll tell abuse you. But you see all those things? You know God understand. I'm going to tell you. Okay, you see, man. like last two weeks, when Pastor preached one kind um, program like this, he talked about some things, and the message man, tell me, I don't like to you. It didn't touch me. It touched me where, where? So I can't even say, you know, all these things were done, they sing, sings. I saw those in the pile up. You know, yeah, go, 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 wait, go. wait, wait. Go if you don't forgive. But if you never forget. So, sir, so, man, just they come out, one by one, man, they do all those things. Man, they clean. Oh, boy, now you're kidding. Now you tell the reason. You know they use your head. See, you know the way pastor, they talk uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Yeah? Oh, you know they... There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ. You know that when they talk in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 17, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Hey, I understand, I understand. But you know, coffee. Yeah, you coffee. need to read on P. You're sick. Now you, you need deliverance. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. <laughs> condemnation tells you it's not enough. Conviction tells you Christ is enough. Condemnation tries to put you down. Conviction's objective is to lift you up. Conviction has a definite solution. The Holy Spirit will tell you how to resolve the issue and be guilt-free. Condemnation, on the other hand, usually has no solution. If it's given any solution, it usually compounds the problem. Conviction, as soon as you... Acknowledge and repent. The feeling goes. As soon as you admit and acknowledge, the feeling goes. Condemnation never goes. It just stays there. It just stays put. One thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will never attack your person. It will never attack your value. The Holy Spirit will never put you down. It will never attack your person or your self-worth. When you hear things like, you are no good, you are, this is never enough, you will never amount to anything, you are worthless, be sure it's from the devil. And don't yield to it. Number five, do I sense God's peace about it? God is about to lead you, but he will lead you with peace into peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion. So if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel pressured, if you feel driven to make a life decision in a short time, question the decision. God has never led anyone in the Bible through pressure. He doesn't. God never rushes us into making decisions. He doesn't. Satan drives us compulsively. It's compulsive in driving people to make decisions. But God's spirit draws us convincingly. God convinces us and draws us. So if you feel compulsive, stop. Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart. So when I worry, when I'm filled with anxiety and fear, they are always a product of my mind or the devil. Number six, does this make me more like Christ? Does it make me more like Christ? Second Corinthians 10, 5. 
you know, I'm giving you a lot of scripture. Obviously, I've explained that so that you, you, you understand that these things are not made up. And they are in the word of God. And you can build your faith on the word of God. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, We take every thought captive so that it is obedient to Christ. So the thoughts, the ideas, the inspirations, the revelations, is he obedient to Christ? Philippians 2.5, it says, In our lives, in your lives, you must think and act like who? Like Christ Jesus. You must think and act like Christ Jesus. You see, God's goal for you and I is to make us like Jesus, to make us like Christ. God's goal is to make us like Christ. And God won't say anything that will make us less like Christ. God will not say anything that will make us less, less like Christ. And this we face on a day-to-day basis. We have to deal with this. And like I say, it's, it's not uh, just... Some people are exempt. No, 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 no. Even pastors, we have to deal with this every day. I'm sharing the first worship experience how, you know, I, I, I picked up a, a, a new spot. I, I play golf now. You know, I graduated from my coaching. <laughs> now, what has happened is my brother came visiting from the UK and he has been playing, you know, so I said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's go have a round. And in my family, we are very competitive. I mean, we, we eat and drink competition. And we are comfortable with it. I mean, there's no strife. We are just competitive. You understand? I just must get to the door before you. You know, if you get there, fine. Next time, I will beat you. If you beat me again, no, don't worry. Next time, I'm coming. You know, that's how we are. So we played the first round. I won him. It was a horrible score, but I, I won him. And I was like, yes. You know? We played the second round. I won him. Another day. Then we were playing the third round. And we were like this. That's your 10th shot. No, no, no. That's your 11th shot. Now, five is three. We are fighting on 10 shots, 11 shots. I mean, you know, so, so I mean, that's, that's how we roll. So we, we, we both hit the ball out of bounds. And we're looking for our balls. Now, I found my ball. And when I found my ball, of course I was happy. We were were close. The scores were close. Then he he couldn't find his ball. Then I looked and I saw his ball. And I said, well, that's his business. (laughs) Ah, Did I I steal the ball? Was it me that took it? Let everybody carry his cross. (laughs) And, you know, he, I hit my ball out on the fairway and he was still looking for his ball. And he was going to drop a, a ball. I mean, if you drop a ball, there's a penalty and all that. And I was struggling. I was struggling. I was like, what, what is it now? I mean, I, I didn't steal his ball. So he was about to drop a ball. I said, hey, your ball is over there. <laughs> So I showed him his ball, and he was happy. Long story short, he won me with two shots. So I was saying to God, that it is not fair. I was the good guy. Shouldn't I just be compensated with a win? If, if I don't show him his shot, at least that's one shot down. He would have felt bad. He would have hit a wrong shot. Maybe he would have been tired. Maybe I would have won. And I was saying, you know, I mean, I could have won this game. I felt God saying to me, it's not about you winning, Femi. It's about what you are becoming. You cannot, because you want to win, become a monster. There are many of us, because... There there are many of us, because of, 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 of we want to get ahead a little bit, we begin to lie. We don't lie normally, but we begin to do strange things. And you see, God was reminding me that I am more interested in your holiness than I am in your happiness. Yes, you can be happy, it's fine. But when I need to choose between your holiness and your happiness, I will choose your holiness. Show him the ball and lose the game. You become more like Christ. You become a better person. It's not about 
Winning is about what you are becoming. I'm more interested in your character than in your comfort. Feel me? And, and there's a checklist for us here in the Word of God in James chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. James 3, 14 to 17. It says, if, if you harbor bitterness, And selfish ambition, such wisdom is of who? It's of the devil. It says the wisdom that comes from God is, is here's a checklist. Number one, pure. Number two, peace loving. Number three, considerate. So be considerate to show your brother is your brother the ball. Number four, submissive. Number five, full of mercy. Number six, impartial. Number seven, sincere. Does it make me more like Christ? So these are the first six and indispensable. Does it agree with the Bible? Does my church family confirm it? Does it concern my responsibility? Is it convicting or condemning? Do I sense God's peace about it? Does it make me more like Christ? And if I have this six, I'm good. But as a seventh, is it consistent with my experience of God? This thing that I feel God is telling me to do, or the way it has come, is it consistent with my experience of God? John 10, from verse 3 to 5, the word of God says in John 10, 3 to 5, it says, the Keeper, gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out after he has gathered his own flock. He walks ahead of them. Now the picture here is that a, a band of sheep, there are different shepherds put all their sheep together. Sheep together. Now when a shepherd comes, he comes and stands in front of the gate. And makes a sound. And even though maybe there are thousands of sheep. And he has only 300. Those 300 will live and follow him. Why? Because the sheep has a relationship with the shepherd. There's no confusion. There's no let's count our sheep. Maybe you have taken my sheep. No, 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 no. no. As the shepherd is going, the sheep are what? Following. And... He walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So the relationship with God, your relationship with God is indispensable. Nothing can substitute your personal relationship with God. Knowing his voice in a relational way. Why I've not put it in part of the six is because for some people, we are still developing it. And for some people, I mean, you continue to develop it until you see Jesus anyway. So the question to you this morning is, do you have religion or do you have relationship? Do you have really, do you have a religion? Are you here because you're a Christian? You have religion. Or do you have a relationship with, with Christ? You know, the truth is that the better you know him, the easier it is to hear him. The better... You get to know him. The easier it is to hear him. The easier it is to discern him. The easier it is to know where he's going. The easier it is to know. And it comes by reason of use. It comes by you spending time with God. Taking the time to tune in. Taking the time to fellowship with God. Taking the time to read your Bible. You get to know Him. I know the experiences can change, which is why I didn't put it in one part of the um, six. Because personally, sometimes God wants to take you into a new experience. So when God wants to take you to a new experience, what do you do? You follow Him. Years ago, when preparing for, for, for a service, God talks to me about the service in my closet when I'm praying. So when I come to minister, you know, I already have written down what God has said and I just read it out and 
boom, 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 boom. God does the stuff. So there was a time God altered that. He didn't tell me anything while I was praying. When I began to minister, he began to talk to me. I was, conf- I was scared. I was like, you should have told me when I was praying. So I can you know, write it down. God can't change his approach. So in conclusion, we need to realize see, Man. Man. We give God all the glory. Let me start to know. How many years has it been again? Five years. Uh, uh, I know. I just want Five to years. remind me. Meanwhile, you know, back then, after all those Yahoo, Yahoo things. <laughs> President <everything>, somewhere. <laughs> I eventually saw pastor. Seriously? Yeah, but I no plan now. I got play ball. And the guy can't catch me for pitch. Arrest. Wait now. So pastor <laughs> says, see me after the soccer match. Seriously? Follow him, I go there. Now started questioning me how I heard from God. I said, Now that radio. That radio. <laughs> that, that, that radio. I don't throw away now. The TV got changed. TV. So I get my flask quick. <laughs> Meanwhile, so he counseled me, okay. took me through um, the process of how to hear from God. Pray for me. Pray. Small prayer, very short. Pray finish. I still need that. He said, Get up, I'm done. I said, Just like that. He said, Just like that. But by now, I move on. Enter farming. Farming, what's your farmer? You don't see as I package. See your watch. Like see your watch. over 50 yes. acres. Oh. Nah. Looking good, man. Ah, God, I'm nah, happy God, for you. Nah, God, don't be me. So, God has been good to me. Ah, how about yourself? You see the worker come out, come give you a Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no. That is not stop. You remember this program, what would they do for church? This NCR class. NCR class. That program really changed my life. Seriously. I, I learned how to hear from God and how to do other things, you know. But since then, uh, come on. I know you say you know fair not this level before. Now, now you hear of NCR. Meanwhile, more move on. Hey, my, my, my wife will talk to you. She won't see you. They don't start Saturday service now for this church. Come, make her carry you go. You see, that's you. Never party. Happy for So to round it up, the Christian life is a progression of three main things. To hear God, to do what He says, and to pass it on. Why a lot of us don't hear God is because we have not done what He has said. So why will He tell you another thing? Or, or we've heard Him, we've done what He has said, we've not passed it on. God wants you to Teach people. God wants you to reach out to people. God wants you to draw people to him. So you, you've heard it. You've done it. You've not passed it on. He's waiting. Everyone say hear. Everyone say act. Everyone say pass it on. Again, hear God. Act on it. And pass it on. So say, but pastor, I don't even hear at all. John 4, 47. He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Wow. It's hard. The reason some of us don't hear is because you you come to church but you don't belong to God. And that can be solved today. God wants you to come to him. He's brought you here for a purpose. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. He's brought you here for a purpose. He wants you to hear him. You're saying, Pastor, honestly, it's true. I've been going to church for decades. For decades. My grandfather built a church in their village. I'm being conversant with church but I am not born again I'm not a child of God I know can you pray with me yes I want to pray with you you don't need to come forward wherever you are seated I'll pray with you you are saying oh but pastor I used to hear God before but sin blocked my reception now I want to come back to God can you pray with me yes any of those 
two categories are there. I want to belong to God. Or I used to belong to I used to hear God. I can't hear God again. Pray with me wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. Now put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, 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 over your head. And I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. God bless you. God bless you. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. God bless you. Keep your hands up. God bless you. Over there. God bless you over there. God bless you over here. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. That is me, Pastor. I, I don't belong to God. God bless you right there. I don't belong to God. No, I want to come to God. I want to be his child. I want to belong to God. God bless you. That is you. That is you. Keep that hands up. Once you have the card, you can keep it down. The rest of us, I want to say to God, Lord, maybe for you, 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 you can hear, but you have not obeyed. Maybe for you, you have obeyed, but you have not passed on. Why don't you talk to God? Lord, from today, I will not only hear, I will obey. I will not only obey, I will pass on. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I want to be part of God's family. God bless you right there. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I want to be part of God's family. God bless you, sir, right there. God bless you. I want to be part of God's family. God bless you. Oh, I used to be a part of God's family, but I've gone back. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Pull up that hand. And God will bless you. And God will breathe upon you. Father in heaven, if you have the hands up, why don't you just talk to God? Ask God to come into your life. Release your life to God. Say, Lord, I release my life to you. Father in heaven, we, I come before you. I pray for everyone that is accepting you today, surrendering to you. And everyone, my Father, that is taking the step to come up to you afresh, that you receive them, cleanse them, empower them. In the mighty name of Jesus. For all of us in this place, Lord, for those that hear you or don't obey, the grace to obey, give unto us. The grace to obey and to pass it on, give unto us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen.